0: Well, I just have one question for you. Are you ready to win? Winning with Waterfall Racing Podcast is all about helping you achieve your goals through our community. We have an incredible community of top age groupers, of beginners, of the most incredible pros. And we all come together to support each other. And we want you to be a part of the journey with us. As you know, triathlon is addicting. It's addicting because we become addicted to bettering ourselves, to growing ourselves, to seeing how far We can push the limits of our physical capabilities and it starts with the mental mindset as well. The strength begins there. So come with us as we learn about health, as we learn about tips, as we learn about gear, as we learn about what our pros are up to, and as most importantly, we support each other through this journey. Welcome to the Waterfall Racing Podcast. well hi everybody thanks for joining us on our show this week i'm joy mcadams i'm your host And this week was a wake-up call. You know what it's like when you travel for a race, and then that week when you get back. uh, Especially for me, traveling to Hawaii, it was quite an extended trip. So this week with the work, you always pay for being gone, right? It was total madness, total craziness. So I appreciate your patience as this podcast is coming out just a few days later than it normally should have. Uh, On top of that, when I interviewed Alex, who is our guest this week, I was still in Hawaii and there was something off about the Wi-Fi, so I literally had to kind of go back and uh, spend a lot more time editing out some of the, the lag in the conversation. So that took a little bit more time as well. But we are here. We got it done. And I'm so excited for this week's interview. Uh, I'm going to have Alex Watt on here with me. And I just love her. I got to know her through my coach, Hillary Biscay. We both had the same coach. And I first met her, let me think, it was when I went to one of the first camps in, in the spring out in Southern California. And this is a fun story because it was my first time going out uh, in the ocean out there. And actually that day, the water was extremely rough. You know, it was so rough to the point where some of our team, they didn't even want to go out on the swim and, uh, you know, but I'm up for anything. And I I knew, you know, I trusted my coach, I trusted they were going to be watching us. So Alex, our fearless leader, who is really comfortable in the ocean there, because she lives out there and swims, you know, on a weekly basis in all types of conditions. She uh, was kind of leading people out. So we were going to swim out to this buoy. Um, I don't remember exactly how far it was out there. But it was far enough to where like, you could barely see it. And then that combined with, you know, the way and, and it being so choppy, uh, you know, it, it was kind of hard to, to, you know, to keep it in sight. But she, you know, she, she said, I'm going to take a one group, you know, part of the way out there that I'll come back and get the next group, which was, which I was in. So we saw them, you know, maneuver, uh, you know, the, the ocean and, and kind of get out through the, the rough part. And then she came uh, back and uh, started with the second group And then I guess she turned around later to get the rest of the group. Well, because it was so crazy and it was kind of hard to keep up with everybody. I don't know what happened, but I think all of my group turned around and went back in with her. So then I found myself like all alone in the ocean, in this crazy, you know, rough ocean. And then as I got close to the buoy, I was like, where is that? Where's the, the people that already swam out here, you know, to the buoy and... I didn't see them either. And then here I am finding myself, you know, I'm not that scared of being out there and being, you know, as long as there's like people with me. But when I found myself in the middle of this rough water way out there in the ocean, I don't know, there was just a little bit of a a panic that came over me. And so I swam almost all the way to the buoy. And then I was like, you know, I better turn back around and go back in because I'm not sure what's going on. And then as I started to go back in, Uh, The closer I got, the scarier I got, actually, because it was like it was pulling you back out. So it was like a washing machine of of waves and surf. And then as you were trying to go forward, it was pulling you back. It was just the weirdest feeling. And to be honest, I really started to get into a little bit of a panic mode. And then just when I was about to lose it up. popped Alex (laughs) I saw her little she had like a fluorescent neon green cap on and she was like joy I'm here let's go and then as soon as I saw her I just felt like a million times better and uh, she helped get me back in so that is one of the first times that uh, I really got to be with Alex she saved my life and then on another training camp when we went to world's camp a few months later uh, I kind of got lost, and uh, her and Anna Strela, who we've also had on the show, who is now a pro as well, they turned around and found me. So, you know, I, I owe two two different occasions of Alex kind of saving my life, so she means a lot to me. <laughs> but um, it's been so, so fun just to watch her grow. Uh, the, so the first time, you know, when, when I saw her and, and kind of worked out, not quite alongside her, but behind her. Uh, She wasn't a pro yet, and then uh, she turned pro, so then at the the last camp that I did with her, she was now, you know, um, in the professional field, and just to see how hard she works, just to see, you know, how consistent she's been, uh, you will quickly hear as we talk to her, you know, this last year, uh, she did four full Ironmans, and, you know, pretty much was living in an Ironman block the whole year. And, you know, wasn't quite seeing the results that, you know, she knew she could produce um due, due to everything that she would see in training. And, you know, it'd be really easy to get discouraged to to think, you know, like like she she references, she was always asking our coach, you know, what am I gonna be legit? What am I gonna be legit? And it would be so easy to get discouraged. But she kept her head down, she stayed consistent, she kept grinding And wow, did it pay off. And that's what we're going to hear about today. We're going to hear about her going to Ironman Brazil, landing third and grabbing her Kona slot. So we were all going crazy that day, tracking her, watching her climb Uh, You know, climb on the bike and then climb up the ranks in the run all the way to third place. I believe she started the run in ninth and to watch her climb to third was just so exciting and we're all so happy for her and I'm so excited to introduce her to you today and to hear more about her journey. So without further delay, here we go. Here's Alex Watt.
1: I did my first triathlon in 2016. I jumped right into a half Ironman. I raced 70.3 Eagleman in 2016. Um, But before that, um, I grew up a runner. I ran in high school and college. And even before that, as a child, I swam on the summer league team. Um, So I grew up swimming in the summer, um, kind of just in Northern Virginia, just in their summer league. And I was quite good as like a little kid, like from age, like my prime was like probably 10 to 14, I was a breaststroker and then I joined high school and found out I was much better at running. And so I kind of stopped the sport, um, and then got into full on running. And so I kind of knew deep down, like after I could probably be good at triathlon, you know, just not even knowing anything about the sport. I'm like, well, I can swim and run. So that's two of the three. Um, so I got after college, I was, uh, didn't have the collegiate running career that I wanted. I had a lot of injuries um, or in- inconsistent training, and so I kind of left my time at school a little bit frustrated and still wanting to compete, but maybe not necessarily in running. So I took some time off after college to like get my body heal. And the following year, I had a friend uh, ask me if I wanted to do a triathlon. And I was like, "Yeah, sure. I need something to train for." and signed up, bought my bike, you know, three months out from the race. And like with 10 weeks of training race in 2016, 70.3 Eagleman. And that's kind of where I got going. And then the following year in 2017, I did Eagleman again. And then I did move to California. I was living in Massachusetts at the time. And I decided I was like, I got to get out of the East Northeast and get to California. I had family, you know, I had some connections here, um, from my childhood. So I was like, decided, I was like, you know what lifestyle change moved to California. And I raced 70.3 super frog, um, in fall of 2017. And that's when I met my coach, Hillary Biscay. Um, after that race, some coaches recommended her to me. Cause I was kind of just doing my own thing. And I really kind of think my triathlon, I would say call it career, started in when I started with Hillary that with that fall, um, five and a half years ago, because before that I was the typical age grouper, maybe like or new age grouper where I would just train for maybe 10, 12 weeks before a race. And then that was it for now like take a break for like months. And yes, yeah, so and then I got into that's how I got into triathlon and I was barely training. I was like maybe doing like 10 hours a week on my own, which I thought was like so much. Um, before I had a coach, yeah. and I was, you know, I I worked full. I was at the time I was working full time as interior designer and or an architecture firm. So I thought that was plenty, and yeah. And then I moved and found Hillary, and it's been five and a half years to get to kind of where I, I would say I'm at now. And let's see, I raced as an age grouper all of 2018, all of 2019, 2020, which was the weird pandemic year. And in then 2021, end of the year, I turned pro. And I always knew when I signed up with Hillary, um, I fir- earned my first like top three overall amateur race in 2018. But we knew I wasn't ready to turn pro yet in 2019. And then the pandemic year just took a little longer to get to the professional um, field just because I had to requalify my for my pro card and just like get racing wheels, you know, legs back under me. So it wasn't until fall of 2021 when I turned pro. So I raced as an age grouper under Hillary, you know, from, you know, 20, you know, three and a half years of that. And now I'm a year and a half into racing as a professional.
0: Tell this, what was your mindset when you turned pro? I mean, were you super apprehensive, super excited? You know, what jumped out of you that was so different? Um, you know, because I've interviewed some first time pros, first year pros on, on the show as well. And I'm just interested, you know, what were you envisioning and how did it compare?
1: I always wanted to make sure I knew I always wanted to turn pro. I think when I first got into the sport, I just with my running background, I figured like, you know what, like I can, I think one day I can run these times that these professional women are running in the sport. And that was just the goal. I just wanted to do that. Um, I had early success as an age grouper I in 29 I won two overall races and uh, one in 2018 and one in 2019 70.3s and it wasn't like I was winning my age group every race and it wasn't like I, I mean I was always you know getting a top five or top three I was some you know a lot of times top five overall amateur like you know I never I never won overall amateur like with a pro race but I did you know and so I was always up there competing with top age group women and I never raced an Ironman either. I was always doing 70.3s. And so I just knew like when the moment came, like, I think I was, it wasn't like I was like over like, Oh my gosh, I like, just keep winning and winning. Like I need to get to the next level. I just wanted us to, once I earned it, I was like, you know what? I think I can push myself even farther. And like, I think if you, you race to your competition. So you, you just have to level up in some ways. So that was, I wasn't, um, nervous. I always talked to my coach. I was like, I just don't want to get like my butt handed to me, which is probably going to happen. But like, I want to feel like when I turn pro that I can at least be, you know, women, i be in the mix, you know, like it may take time. To be in the mix and being in the mix could be a lot of different things for different people like i was very i'm, I'm very well you know self-aware i'm like i'm not gonna go out and win a race like if, my goodness if i finished top 10 in some races like i had an amazing day um okay. but it's just the it, the fact of just getting to that level is just like you can you can just push yourself more you, you it's, it's the next level to go to there and you know that the racing quality is so high so Mentally, you go from being like, "Okay, am I gonna run down to get first in my age group? I'm gonna run down to get top three over all amateur." From that mindset to being like, "You, I'm already out of the race. (laughs) I'm just hoping I can be in the top half of the field, possibly. Uh, You know, that would be amazing. I don't want to finish last. Like that. That like totally going from the top to you know mid to back of pack, Um, and that." And what I helped justify my first year of racing pro was that I was like, okay, like, even if I was, you can't, and if people, I don't know if explains, you can't compare age group times to pro times, just right, off different bike rules and just swim things. There's a lot of different dynamics that are, you can't, I've learned you can't straight up compare times. But one thing I like assured myself of turning pro is that all my results were like, if I was an age grouper, I would have been winning my age group and or top three amateur, or I was top two in my age group. So I was like, okay, like I would be doing the same thing winning or being top that I can just like, I, I can be a pro. Um, so that helped there, but yeah, it's just like, it was this kind of thing is like, I think would help me being a pro and that's not being at the top necessarily was that I would, when I was in school, I was running division one at Virginia tech and I yes, I was a Division One runner, but I was a small fish in a big pond. So I got my ass kicked every day by my teammates. I was never an All Conference All American. No, I was never that. So I already knew what like being (laughs) like just not the best. Like there's always my coach always said in college, there's always someone faster than you. So just knowing that, it just kind of like that really that experience has helped us experience so much.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense and. And I think that's what we find. Um, I'm going to go back and unravel one of the, the next drops dropped. And it's that, you know, high-performing people, they they crave more competition, right? It's not about, let me just show up and always win. But like you're saying, you wanted to go to the next level because you knew that that was going to grow you. You know, even though it was going to, you know, put you back some as far as where you were for a little bit. That is your ultimate goal is to get the best out of you. And that's what I love about why, you know, as you hear the conversations amongst the pros, like they want to show up in racist a stacked field, you know, like they want that because they know that that's the only way they're going to get the best out of themselves that day is to, you know, be towing the line with somebody else that's going to push them. And it's a whole different type of growth mindset that I love. And you know, that's exactly what you just mentioned. So I see a stacked lineup field.
1: I'm like, oh my God, I need to finish. Like <laughs> if I beat five people, I had a great day. Like, you know, I'm not And that's more in the 70.3 level. Like that's, a, I think that's the biggest difference for me is that I never raced an Ironman as an age grouper. I did, I turned pro and did an Ironman because that was just, there was no, when I decided it was time for me to do Ironman, which I knew deep down, that was probably going to be my best event. It was during a time I was ready to turn my, add my pro card. I I, I earned my pro card and we're going to turn pro. But there was like, the main reason was end of year race in 2021, there, everything was sold out because of all the, like the, um... You know, from the pandemic, everything yeah. was already like, you know, the, you know, that rolled to the next race or there was nothing available. So I had to impro pro, do my, one of my, my second pro race ever as a during an Ironman. And um was it Ironman, Florida? Was Ironman, Florida in 2021. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah. So just doing that and like seeing stacked fields, like I've just been, you know, I've never, I'm more competitive in the Ironman than in the 70.3 like seeing a stacked field I'm like okay like I just don't have the speed but I'm way more competitive in the Iron because I just have that more mentality for that race slash I can go a little slower than my 70.3 but hold it like all day long yeah, yeah. So that's my strength why I do that yeah, so. yeah that's
0: it more power to you <laughs> but- <laughs>
1: I mean I wish I I mean I always say I was a distance runner in college I'm like I wish I had more speed my goodness that would be so fantastic but that's just not that was not given that talent.
0: <laughs> uh, well you're you're pretty speedy come you know as we all look at you but I, I oh. <laughs> Um but uh so okay so you know your first year as the pro I think you said you so you raced well the first one was Ironman Florida but that finished the year right that was your one That was
1: it that was the end of year like Oh my gosh! I turned pro. I raced an Ironman. Yeah,
0: yeah. two
1: big so then, things accomplished. Like just those are just like
0: sweet, did it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Check that. Got it. Got it under your belt. So then last year, I mean, you raced. You had four on your calendar, right? That you raced. Yeah. Which means you're in. So I started, yeah, I raced. <laughs> it's crazy. I went
1: from as an age grouper, I used to race four to six half Ironmans a year. Yeah. I, had to, I, I, once I started with my coach, um, she's like, you just need more experience. So I remember my first year in 2018, I raised six half Ironmans. <laughs> I was like, oh, I went from racing maybe two, which I thought was a lot. And then yeah. like one in 20, and then I went to six. So it's like, fast forward to 2021, as two as my first year pro, like full year, same mentality. You, My coach is like, you just need experience. So I raced, you know, I live in uh, as San Diego. So I've raced 70.3 Oceanside to start the year. And then after that, it was four Ironmans. I went Ironman Texas in April. I went Ironman Lake Placid end of July. I went Ironman Wisconsin in September. And then I went Ironman Arizona in November. And that was really my year. And I love that. Oh my goodness. It was a, and I it was yeah. And the thing is I didn't realize like that's not normal, but it's yeah. just what I was told to do. And then you just when you don't have when you don't know anything, like, okay, great, like I'm just gonna continue on and continue this training and it's just one training block kind of leads into the other and it's just I don't question anything either with my coach. I just kind of see my schedule and I do it. There's no I don't argue back. I look at I might I might look at my schedule and be like, oh my god, this is gonna be a <laughs> week this is going to be a weekend. I'll be dead Monday, but you know, I just do the work it recommends and tells me to do. And I just trust that that process
0: for sure. Oh my goodness. Well, well, as we're seeing her high volume, which we all get to hear myself, she loves the, the high volume. It, it paid off because we're looking into this year. You started the year with Oceanside. Um, yeah. Then it, brazil where did uh brazil come from what what was the thought behind going
1: so i i raced let's see leading into this year um we discussed hillary and i discussed like this with the new world championship um situation of the split fields and you know every all training every other year kona and nice and kona and nice and you know, maybe that I was like, maybe I was thinking like I would have a couple of years ideally, like not to rush into it, but next year is nice and that there's no fault. Like I would love to go race nice too, but like, I've never experienced Kona. Right. Um, I never raced in as an age grouper. So I never had that. And I was like, I really want that. Um, who knows how long it's going to be around. So, you know, you just never know. And I was like, you know what, this is the year, you know, I can't, I don't want to wait till 2025 if it's, you know, I want to do this now. So, I want to race, and I was told like that's the goal this year. Goal is trying to qualify for Kona. I will race an Ironman a month if I have to do it. Like, I have to be basically struck by, I mean, I was like, I have to improve a lot based off, like, I had two top 10 finishes last year as my first year pro, but top 10 finishing ninth in a race doesn't get you a Kona slot. You got to be, you know, Kona slots there to come, or, you know, world championship slots, you got to finish. Top three, sometimes top five if it rolls down because other people have slots, but you got to be up there. Um, So, with that in mind, we looked at you know, you wait till the schedule comes out. And my coach, Hillary, she raced in Brazil six times when she was a pro, loved that race. And she basically said, you need to go to Brazil. Uh, There's three slots there. Uh, There's, you know, it's a good race to do. You never know who's going to show up. Um, But I really did not want to race Ironman Texas again. That was the actually the biggest motivation. So instead of waiting until the summer Ironmans got kicked off, I needed like an early, late spring one. And without having racing, not wanting to race Texas, she's like, you need you, you to, you know, let's go to Brazil and see what happens and we'll go from there. So that's really and- where it
0: came. Because you had never, had you ever gone by yourself to another country to race? No.
1: No, uh, no, in 2018,
0: I went
1: to 70 point, I went, yeah, so this was the kind of thing, again, blind trust in a way, this, like blind faith in the, in the in the process, and what my coach says is why I have a coach, like she gets me into the situations or to the training to prep me the best way I can, um, but I went to 70.3 South Africa with my dad in 2018 for Worlds, but that was with my dad and different, yeah. totally different time, like that was just like kind of like almost like a trip this is like, in a way, this is like a solo business trip, right? Like I'm going on a mission. And so I had a, you know, I fortunately had a flight credit. I got my flight figured out. I booked through a travel group, um, EST, Endurance Sports Travel, I think is what it's called. And they've been doing this race as a kind of lazy on sports, you know, group tour people for 20 plus years. And so I felt like, and you know, I felt in good hands. I also know Ironman puts on races in like good locations. Like you're not, you know, and then, you know, my parents and my boyfriend were not stoked about it. They're, Cause if I, no one could join me, there was, there was no way I could have my boyfriend take off enough work to go for this trip and pay for a flight. And my parents had a wedding that weekend and they also did not want to travel to Brazil. Um, so I was like, well, I'm going by myself. No, they were like, really against it. Cause like, you're going to put a lot of, you're putting a lot of time and money and energy to go to this race. And like, what if you, cause I totally told a few people like, yeah, I'm trying to go for top three. I want to cone a Kona slot. And I never said that out loud to people. Cause if you look at my, again, my results from last year, you are be like, what the heck? Like she's, there's no way she's going to finish top three, yeah. but that was the goal. And that was what, you know, that's what I was training for internally. I knew like, I'm going to do what it takes to try to get there. Um so yeah that was <laughs> big a big I call it my big girl trip big you know 31 <laughs> year old self getting myself international travel first international professional yeah. race by myself trying to you know have like you know the best race I can on the day and that was you know oh most goodness. I was like really I think I posted I was super proud of myself just for like the work and effort that went in for the past few years and then getting to yeah. that point I this the growth of that I'm like whatever the race outcome is like I am so proud this is like I can't believe I did this like I'm here so it was yeah. really a really full circle moment before even the race started
0: no I love it I love it. I love full circle so so tell us how the trip went so when you landed like did you already you had somebody to pick you up or you had to yeah you-
1: I did yeah I, I I left on the race was Sunday Okay. And I left Monday. So I took, I left Monday from San Diego, from San Diego to Houston, Houston, Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo to wow. Um And so that was, you know, a three hour flight, a 10 hour or nine hour flight, and then a one hour flight. And, you know, I was really fortunate on both ways, you know, no travel issues.
0: I booked enough yeah. time with
1: layovers. I had, a, you know, air tag in my bike. I knew it was with me. I, you know, I I felt I I planned it out. I had all my documents that I needed, the passport. I was good to go. So, you know, the biggest thing is putting your bike together by yourself. And I fortunately, like the only mistake I made, not mistake, is when I arrived Tuesday, I did get picked up from the airport, which was part of the package deal that I had and went to the hotel was that the sports group wasn't starting their like services, like in the hotel of like maintenance and stuff until Wednesday, but I needed to get things together Tuesday. So I just didn't have a pump. Like I had a hand pump, but I had this wheel and I couldn't like pump it. Right. So that was like my only like little thing. But other than that, I was able to like get it and settle. So I build it myself. Everything like was functioning correctly. I was like, thank goodness. Like, right. Like you're in a foreign country. You don't speak their language and like, you don't want to have any issues. Um, so I stayed in a hotel. Um, that was one of the two options to choose from with the sports group. And like, again, they booked everything for me. So I was part of this group. So you go in, they check in, like I've already paid everything up front for the seven. Yeah. I was going to say seven nights, um, there, which is like, again, I used to race and I work, I work, I'm, I don't just do triathlon. I do have a job, um, that I work remote for. So I always just, so I miss the least amount of work for my races. I usually just like show up minimum time before the race and then I leave soon afterwards just to not miss work um (laughs) but this one I was like well I'm gonna go all the way to Brazil I'm not gonna just I can't there's too many um rooms for error slash four hour time difference I gotta get there so
0: yeah yeah that was
1: that was getting there and then it was just like living I felt like I was living that like for once living the pro-life of like okay you just do your shakeouts you swim, you bike around run, you chill in your hotel, and you just wait for the race. Like you check in. Like I felt like I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, this is what you do. Like I'm losing my mind. Like I'm usually so busy, like go yeah. go 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 go. And I just had to kind of like chill, chill, <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh my goodness! What was the time difference for you? It's four hours,
1: so it's one hour ahead of East Coast time. So oh, it's okay. if you're coming from the East Coast, it's just going straight down. It's a long travel, but you know, coming from California. I've traveled a lot to the East Coast. My family's from there. My work's on the East Coast. So it's not, once you basically, the way I looked at it, I had a red eye flight. You just stay up the whole day the first day. I, yeah. I adjusted instantly. So.
0: Oh, good, 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 good. Now, did you know anybody else there that was racing? I mean, like, were you No. For... no. So you no. were.
1: I, so obviously I saw the start list before, but I didn't know anyone. I didn't know any of those people personally
0: if that makes sense like
1: i knew people um and then i got it was so awesome i met laura sadal in my hotel and like on day one and she we went the coolest thing was like we went to dinner with two other pros um one night and then i did a lot of shakeouts and race prep with laura um so that was like that was just cool that was like okay this is like and a cool experience then again we've kind of bonded because you're the two english-speaking athletes yeah. <laughs> like that we close by and then um i knew of the other american britney So i raised her in arizona so like we hung out really fun like when we met in transition walking to the swim start and i hung out with her and that was just like you know peace. it just like gave like relief too like it's like oh but, like, you, there's some familiarity but you are no one else speaks english like you're yeah. in a, you're in a foreign country you're in you're not in america Like it's you're not in america like it's like <laughs> yeah swim bike run what made it the most challenging was the weather and that's something as athletes you cannot control uh the weather leading up to the race every single day until you, you dropped your bike off the day before was beautiful you know like Sunny, I would say like, it was, you know, upper, you know, mid seventies, I mean, high humidity, which I'm not used to, but like, it was humid, hot, sunny, but minimal wind. It was just like, okay, like this is going to be hot by the run, but like a perfect swim bike run, you know, the, the water looked like glass, like not like ocean, like just like little waves breaking teeny, like so calm, like this is going to be great. No, the weather changed the day before the race. It was, we saw it. I knew the moment I arrived in Florinopolis with the weather, it was showing 90, then 100%. You know, it was the weather that day was 68 degrees, 60, mid 60s, 65, 68 degrees, 100% rain, and um, 15 to 25 mile per hour winds with 30 plus mile per hour wind gusts. Uh, coming from like so that was just like and the the wind direction changed too. So the wind for the swim when you started the swim, it was coming from behind, like with you know going. Um, usually when you head out into the ocean, it's choppy, uh, but the wind was from behind, so it was like a little. Const- it was still choppy because that's the way the water's going, but the moment that you turn and then you, you go. It was an M-shaped course out back, out back um and then in it was just so choppy on the way in i'm like i'm swimming so slow i didn't make the swim pack they were swimming so much faster than me so basically within the first two minutes i came to a a very unfortunate realization that i'm going to be doing a 2.4 mile swim by myself i don't have buoys like they do in the north america races where there's buoys every 100 meters like the small ones and like bigger ones you go throughout or so, there was 10 buoys the entire course. And they're large buoys. They're big, huge, like four foot, five foot diameter, seven feet tall. Two yellow on the way out. One orange turn. Another orange turn. Two yellow on the way in. Two yellow on the way out. Two orange turn. Two yellow on the way in. Like, it was very minimal. So you could have gotten pulled off course if you weren't paying attention. You know, I think with an age group of races, everyone was going every 10... Uh, you know 10 seconds you could be like in packs and stuff but with the co-field yeah. yeah. starting and then we had ten in the gap i was completely by myself i think my coach told me she's like on this course like the, the you know it can be a very fast swim course because you're going with the cor- current and i'm sure i would have swam faster if i had like a couple people just to latch on to for sure and i broke an hour you know was my fastest swim but like they had other women stay on 53 minutes and i was already like way down um, but I also like how to remind myself, i like, you know, I, it's a long day. Yeah. You know, I kept, I was never in a bad headspace in the swim. Just knowing that like you could be maxed five to seven minutes down of that pack. You know, yeah. you got the next, you know, you got the bike ride, you get the run, like you're fine. Yeah. The bike course is a two loop course, um, relatively flat. Um, there's two, they are a couple of hills out and back from the beach area into town of Florinopolis, um. You with a couple outskirts down out and backs and you're on a live highway. That's one thing that you just have to be aware of and you'd be okay with. If you do want to go do this race, they don't shut down the highway. Um, they have the cones in the middle of the middle and then there's live traffic um, going the same direction as you in some instances and then it's opposite in some others. But you just have to be okay with that. Um, knowing that there is live traffic. And I think what made it like a little bit like, oh my gosh, this is a gnarly bike ride was within about 40 minutes, 45, maybe an hour into the bike ride. It was not raining yet. And then the storm came, it was always windy, super headwind. It was like, I don't know if anyone raced these races, but I did both of them. If you did Ironman, Texas and Ironman, Wisconsin in 2022, it was like those two races had a baby and that was Ironman Brazil this year.
0: God. now what were the road conditions were they like bumpy roads no
1: the road was actually the road was great like the ride would say the road condition was great but was difficult as you know you're on a one you're in one lane of a highway and it's raining yeah and it's windy so you have to be really aware, aware of your surroundings and of course you just got to it's just it was that was like the most like and you're like i fortunately never hydroplane but like it was I would say the biggest thing was that I think for South Americans in that race, they some of the for me, I think the worst the weather it benefited me because I've done worse races. Ironman Wisconsin was literally one of the most miserable days of my life. I finished. I was
0: so stoked to
1: do that, but that was just so cold and rainy all day. That sixty-eight and rain felt like oh, this is like a tropical storm. No big deal. Like this is fine.
0: (laughs) So So I think, and
1: I was like, I've never. Like my races up to that day, I raced 70, I raced Oceanside and St. George halves leading up to Brazil. And I just did not, I wasn't hitting anything that I was doing in training. It was like those races did not reflect any of the work I've been doing. And that was super frustrating. And I remember being pretty upset, bummed over after Oceanside. And then I wasn't like stoked after St. George, which is only like three weeks out of Brazil. But I was like, I don't have time to be mentally upset about this. So one thing that got me through the bike course because I was by myself, I had to work my way back up to the pack was that I was actually like my leg, my bike legs showed up for once and I never, never hit my goal Ironman power watts before, normalized power. And I was hitting them. I just remember after the first lap, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm hitting it. This is amazing. Like I was just like so, so stoked. And that gave me momentum to keep going through the feet. I caught people like, Probably like at the mile 80, 75, I caught more of the women and I was just like encouraging them. I'm like this, you know, it's rain, like, you know, let's go. And I was, there were Brazilian women. I hope they spoke English. They understood. <laughs> um, but I was just like, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is like, it's happening. Like my power is happening. And like, I can't tell you, I've, I didn't get a power meter until 2020. So I never raced really as an age grouper with a power meter. But as a pro last year, I've never been hitting like the goal power. Like you always have a goal power in mind, but usually I was just like, "Oh my God, it's not happening. I can't look at my power. I'm just going to get mentally demoralized." So I would this time. This is this is great. I have it. I'm doing this, and I actually. Negative split the bike course by three minutes. I came back faster the second loop. So
0: even so, in <laughs> crazy weather and the traffic and everything—that's amazing. Yeah, no, I think the wind definitely
1: didn't get was as bad the second loop. Um, but I definitely been I I had internal like my legs didn't die, and with the couple hills, which were probably they weren't bad hills for me. I race. I mean, I've trained on pretty hilly areas, and here in Southern California, I go inland, and I've raced hillier courses. It wasn't big. There are hills. It's not 100% flat, but it's not, it's, there are doable hills for sure. Um, I was just like, I was just getting momentum from like people, catching people. And so the craziest thing, what happened was when I got into transition on the bike, I didn't know, but I caught the rest of the women. And there was five or six of us in the transition tent all together at the same time. And I've never been in a race yet where I was like in the mix, like really in the mix coming off the bike. I'm usually like way too far out of the race. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I hope I can like run to get prize purse money, but I'm way too out nice. of the race by this. But for the time I had like my best ever swim. I had my like time wise and I had my best ever bike time wise too. In bad conditions so i was just like my strength is the run so i was like it's time to go and so i started i got out of the water in ninth and i finished the bike in sixth and we were all together so that was just a really internally like kind of the (laughs) first moment it kind of hit me i was like oh you're doing this it's happening (laughs) it's
0: happening and so then you need that motivation before you start to run because now you're like I know. fired up. You're like, I'm here. It's usually, I, I'm again, I'm usually like
1: so mentally over the bike. I usually hit the bike like mile 80, like in the Ironmans, like all the times I think last year and I'm over it. I've usually right. been the race I did last year. I was like mid pack swimmer and then I would get past it. I never passed people on the bike. I was getting passed by lots of women last year. And so and even in the seventy point threes, always. But this was just the first time. Like, oh my gosh! Like, I did it. I didn't get past. I moved up. I Like, I have legs. I'm not like. I'm like. Kind of it was more like a reassurance to myself. Like, okay, I meant to be. This is like. I'm. I'm. A, I'm a good. I'm. A, I'm actually good. Like, I. You know. You question it a lot. Like when you're not. Yeah. When you're, when you're not, when you're getting your butt kicked every race or you're not performing, yeah. you're questioning, you're it's a ton of questioning, like why? Like I'm, I'm working so hard. right? You know, there's a lot of time before that. So that was just like, I had really good mental headspace going into that run and it's still raining right. all day. Um, and so the run started and we got out of transition and I passed, you know, a couple women instantly. Um, right away. Maybe I was in seventh. I don't know. I was starting it was all we were all there. It was like, no, I didn't know the positions at that point. It was really difficult to tell there's where I was in the race. I had no idea um, where I was until I had someone yell at me that I was in fifth, a minute down from third. And that's when I knew I was like that I had definitely the confidence within the first mile, like, don't run don't run, don't speed up to catch them. Just do your your pacing. And you're gonna get them. And I think within the first 10k, I was into third. And it was like a, another thing is like again, I don't speak the language. I don't have. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know what's going on. I fortunately yeah. I asked like small world. This is like crazy. I had my godparents there. They have a connection to Brazil, so they were already in the country of Brazil and then oh. flew down to see me race, which was like. So my dad's best friend was yelling at me. He is the one who was giving me updates. But again, like he's never been to an Ironman race before. He downloaded the tracker the day before. Oh. has no service, <laughs> so he's like just doing it on the spot. Like I think you're in this place and like you're this many minutes down. And then the other American woman's husband, he knew what was going on. He was able to give me updates. So by halfway on the run, oh. I def I was a solid third, and I was very confident. Just like you just run, and you're gonna keep doing it. And I didn't really let the emotions of this, like, I didn't really kind of let it all get to my head. And so it was a four loop run course, hundred percent flat. I don't think there's a flatter course you could do other than maybe Florida. Like I, it was, it was a pancake, such a pancake for loop course, pouring rain. It's just, it's, it's just, like that's what's more like, it's like, it's kind of getting, you're not like, you can't like sprint. So you're, you're warm, but you're not hot. So people were definitely getting cold out there. Um, and I didn't let the emotion hit me so it's a four loop course and it's what's crazy is they put wristbands on you like little scrunchies so they can count they can keep track of you on the course oh, so that I used, that's good. why I finished the race and I had like four arm bands like scrunchies on my on my wrist so, so it was like that so, yeah you, you you start the race you go out there and then starting lap one you put your wrist out lap two Lap wow. three and then lap four. and then once you finish your fourth lap, there's a split where you go to the finish. And that's when it kind of hit me. I had like a half mile to go. oh my
0: God. was
1: that's when I started like tears and then be like, yeah. oh my God, like I'm finishing <laughs> I'm finishing third. I just the stars aligned for me that day. The condition it just was it was a it was a really cool moment. And just being on the podium, I was just like, how I like, everyone's going to be like, who is she? Like, what is she up doing here? And it was just like, that was the plan. This was the mission. This is what we came here to do. And for me, you know, it worked out. And like that, there's not, I want to like iterate is there's really, it's, there's not many days when everything that you've worked towards and all the work you've put in shows up all in one day.
0: Right.
1: And it can show up in all one day, but you may not even get the result you want. I could have had a race in my life and finished fifth that day. And there's nothing you can do. It's just everything else in that day. You know, it just, it, it, were it all came into place. Oh my
0: goodness. So like, how did that s- switch your confidence?
1: I still feel right. a little you bit used. of like imposter.
0: I, yeah. I, I'm still kind of trying
1: to, um, believe in the result and like accept it (laughs) like i i'm like i it's it's hard and i'm i'm sure you heard but i became closer that race with uh, laura sadal and she had a bike crash on the course and did not finish the race and i did not know that until i finished and just i always assumed because i just didn't know the other brazilian woman with the other woman who finished second i didn't know what she looked like I didn't know who to look for on the run course. And the way it's a loop course, you could, it was easily, you could have been on the other side of the course and never see someone. So I, the race, and I asked where Laura was, because I th- I just assumed she got second. I knew uh, Pamela from Brazil was going to win. Yeah, That was, I saw her with the lead bike. And so it was a kind of a really, it was a little bit of a weird moment at the finish line at the podium when I was told that she had a bike crash and she was not in the race. And then I had the immediate feeling like I don't belong here. Like she's an amazing athlete. And it was just a little bit, it was hard to accept that at first. I was like, I did my best race of my life, but a woman who I know is so talented, something happened. She's not here and like, that's racing. And that's just so unfortunate. But it was, it was really hard at like, I was super happy for myself. The same time I was like, believing I, I deserved it and that would yeah. if that makes sense. And that was a really, you know, that, that's, that's just, it was really hard to come to. And then I got the messages and that she just, she was stoked for me. Um, She said, I deserved it. We talked the next day when she, um, in fact the uh, two days later we talked and she just reassured me. I deserved it, enjoy it, embrace it. We talked about the race and that was just really, that was just like kind of like the best part too was hearing that because it's just hard to it, it's just it was a really weird emotional thing to end in this i don't know how much more to explain it that way um, no no
0: it makes total yeah. sense and you know i think i think because you know you are such a high performer and you know you you would never want to feel like you know you know like if somebody else deserved that you got it because you know how hard it is to work for something this hard right but yeah. you have that, that this was your day, you know, this was your day that, I mean, there was nothing easy about this day. That swim was crazy. The bike was crazy. You hit your power. You have all the metrics to show you like how you performed. Right. And you have to accept that and take it and embrace it. And girl, that's, I mean, we've been watching you work hard. I mean, to do four so you lived in a full Ironman block all last year. <laughs> like you,
1: you lived. Yeah, in- it was. It was. <laughs> it was. It was a big moment. So I got back to my. I don't have my phone like all day. So I. It was like delayed yeah. um, celebration, and it was when I got back to my phone and the amount of notifications I had on my phone messages, and that was even again more overwhelmed. And then I came home from Brazil. I did the ceremony, got my Kona slot, like just like so surreal like how like I this is just crazy and I come home and my boyfriend and my friend uh Megan Grant who you met um recently they threw me a surprise um little party and my and Hillary came over and that was just like it was just so sweet and that was just like embracing that and like celebrating with my coach and like some of my training partners um just all the work and just time that has gone into this you know I think I questioned, I've been asking Hillary for year. Like, I think I was like my first year. I'm not a very patient person, but like, I have to be patient in less than life. You have to be. I'm pretty sure within my first year, I was like, Hillary, when am I going to be legit? Like, when is this going <laughs> to happen? And I guess qualifying for Kona as a professional makes you, I guess I have to say I'm legit. <laughs> like I have to like, That's- it's, it's real. Yeah. And I, it's there's one of I'm one of 36 women right now who have qualified and there's 21 slots left so it's just that's when that when I see those and I put those numbers out there and I think of everyone who races Ironman in the world it's just I got one of them and I'm there and I'm not gonna I mean this is different I'm, I'm like I'm gonna be there racing an Ironman with those women and you know my my summer plans I was mentally prepared honestly joy to race an Ironman a month I was like Oh I, was, I I joked with Hillary. Hillary huge motivation that I really didn't want to turn around in three weeks and race iron me on court Like I just oh. want to like get this done now.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, So 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 how does what do your plans look like? It's so nice to have the slot now. Um, you know, it's, so I, my, have- it completely my yeah, my it completely changed.
1: I'm gonna have a pretty I'm kind of looking forward to it. this is like kind of you know, just different, totally different year than last year. Um, I'm going to do an open water swim race and a road race here in San Diego locally within the next month. Um, uh, I'm going to race 70.3 Oregon and July original plan was to race Lake Placid, um, but not going to now. And then I'm going to do, um, the world champs camp with Hillary. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, go probably there.
0: Have, I'll be there to see you.
1: Yay! I'm going to go do that. Yeah. I'm going to go right to a work trip after that camp. Get back. I have to go to work every few months to get that checked off once i'm already traveling and then um i'm gonna we're a little tbd on the august september but we're pretty sure i'm gonna race 70.3 as of right now before kona that's that's the ten and then do kona
0: so you're gonna actually have life this summer huh kind of summer i mean
1: I know I mean the craziest I mean I, I the kind of thing is that I train 20 to 25 hours a week and yeah. I work 25 to 30 hours a week so that's just continuous like that's yeah. the kind of thing is that this is not like I will train for 12 weeks super hard and then do nothing like this is a lifestyle I have and it's just yeah. right now I'm in a nice easy week of choice training which is amazing yeah. for this yeah. week but um it's a continuous thing and like I balance it all. So I'll have a life in the sense that I won't be, it's going to be, I would say honestly, it's going to be more or less the same. I'm just going to be a little less travel right in the fall. I mean, not, I mean, yeah. not really It kind of all equals out and maybe more. I'm going to, it's like my, my end of July, beginning of August, I'm in four, four different States in two weeks. So still doing oh, craziness, wow. but um, it's more like mentally knowing that like, For me, a seventy-point-three race is not the same as a mentally as a full. So it's like, oh, I'm gonna go do that speed work type day. Get going, get some race experience, practice my what I've been training, and get ready really for for another Ironman. And then I don't, I'm not. I mean, I'll probably sign up for another race after Kona, but that will just be like a signing up and seeing if I mentally and physically
0: want to do one. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, Alex, so excited for you. Thank um, you. See it all come together. I know, Hillary, we were all just all going crazy that day watching you, tracking you. Oh, it was,
1: yeah, it was just, it was, yeah, Iron Man is, I remember it was tell this because he won't, he won't know this it podcast. It's fine. My boyfriend is not a triathlete. He understands sports and he's super competitive, but he doesn't get, everything about the sport which is perfect for me i don't need him to yeah um he woke up you know sunday morning four hour time difference he wakes up and he sees on the tracker like that i was in ninth place and he like threw his phone he was upset he's like we are not coming here to get ninth and i'm like i am him, like <laughs> i'm like it's a long day it's a long day don't worry
0: <laughs> so he was all already- um, Goodness. it's a long day <laughs> oh my goodness so how how excited was he when you got third oh he was stoked
1: I heard from other people he was you know he was really excited this is just he was in a group chat with Hillary my parents yeah. um and Megan so that's like a total like my my I was called my fan club by my closest people and yeah. just all the all the cheers and love and support and. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, <laughs> he doesn't know any different. He started dating me right as I turned right as I was like mentally, t- I was, you know, it's been two almost two years and it was right when I knew I was turning pro. So he has no idea about what life is like <laughs> Not Not- facing Iron Man. So yeah. he only knows this is my lifestyle. So we're just going to keep that. This is normal. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, he's super supportive.
0: And- it's it's good. It's good. Yeah. Oh, now, will he be able to come to Kona? You think?
1: Yeah, we already my parents, my my we already got a house. My parents, my brother's going to come, which is awesome. um Myself and uh, my boyfriend, he will. We're going to be there. I will be there for a week, my family, and then he'll be there a little later because of work. um yes. But we got a house and we're we're booked. My flights are booked. I'm ready to go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and I met your parents, so I love
1: them to death. They are the cutest. So I know they I can only oh, imagine. They, they are they are my they su- are, they, are, they are my super fans. They're are, they're they're great. I love it. I love them. They're, yeah, they're 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 there. My dad has his two cents with Hillary, which is hilarious. He oh. thinks he knows so much more about running than she does and <laughs> it's just so funny. I just tune tune him out cuz he's ridiculous. Oh. But, um, yeah, but yeah, such... we'll all be there in Kona it'll be a great um regardless of you know I want to race the best I can obviously I want to yeah eat and see where I end up at the world championship race but it's again like it's a race of uh, I'm gonna race as hard as I can but it is a celebration of like yeah. all the hard work of where I came from into that point like kind of like Brazil but more so as like a really big like everyone my close my coach everyone will be there it's just like this has been years of work and at this point at that point it'll be six years with hillary and it's just like there's i mean if you want to go just don't stop yeah this takes a lot it just takes a lot of time and i'm a slow boat to china type person it it takes a lot of time a lot of work in me yeah Yeah. (laughs) to get get to
0: get there yeah no and that's that's a good point too that we'll close with is you can't compare your progress or your results necessarily to, you know, to other people around you and let it discourage you because we all move at different, you know, time frames. We're all made different. Yeah. So for some people it might be they have it physically, but they don't have it mentally yet. Right. And it's like yeah. everybody's journey, you gotta kind of bring it because for the sport, it's got to be a hundred percent of everything. And it takes a while to build all that together on three sports. And it just
1: it takes a lot. <laughs> and I when people told me, oh, it's gonna take you a few years. And I'm like, what? get can't yeah. have now like I'm ready yeah. I'm That's like a- ready for this it just but it takes a lot and I've known as myself as, as athletically and I've seen myself over the years through all the sports I've done and just it takes me a while to get there um yeah. I my progress it, it's a lot of work before results show and I know that about myself um so, yeah, it's just I know that so that's what kept me, honestly, over the years. And that's why I was like, I don't mind racing all this many times is because it's this is building towards something and it's built towards this. So, right, right, right.
0: Oh, well, Alex, big congrats. Uh, oh, you thank you. I am so stoked
1: for you, too. And We'll
0: see yeah, you at World all, Champs Camp. We're all going to be there. Yeah. We're going to the island. I'll get to see your parents again, which I'm excited to see them. Yeah. Cute. Um, oh geez yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um you know we'll check up on you keep following you this year and you know people go follow her on instagram you can kind of keep track of her story see her and her cute ad- y'all, you guys are the cutest couple you and your boyfriend so oh, thank you <laughs> um and, and let me just tell you just a little bit i know about alex she lives life even though she was in a full block she was always like at some party here, or some wedding here, or some concert here, like you don't let anything stop you. You don't stop at all.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, Hillary tries to tame down. She tells me in my schedule, she's like, "You need to do nothing for these next two weeks." And I just make sure I always extra triathlon to me is my extreme extracurricular activity, and I have a job that has nothing to do with triathlon, and I have um. I have friends that don't know, do anything with the sport. So I have, to, I want to make sure that I'm living life again, like to the fullest, but I'm like having different outlets and everything. So I'm, I'm always on the go. I'm doing things. I'm making sure that I'm, you know, I'm not making, I'm not missing. I do miss things, but I'm making sure I prioritize what I need to prioritize, but keep that balance as well. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. You do a good job of that. Well, thank you so much, Alex. Big cheers. All right. And um, we will see you in October. Yes. Thank you. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Alex Watt a little bit more. I'm looking forward to seeing her at the um, World's Training Camp coming up end of July. Reach out to me if you'd like to find out more about that, but it is with uh, my coach, Hillary Biscay, and it's open to everybody. It's an incredible camp. Be ready to show up and be pushed to your limit for sure. But before I jump to our mindset minute, I just want to give a big shout out. You know, you can't ignore last weekend, the incredible results at Boulder 70.3. That was just such a race that involved so many of our team members and uh, our pros just crushed it as well big story was Taylor Nib just literally, uh, you know, everyone was describing her performance as next level and that it was, as well as Jeannie Metzler just running her way up there. It's funny, I did a post this week, I was doing intervals on the treadmill and then it hit me, oh my goodness, I was only literally like a few seconds away Um, faster than the paces that these women hold like the entire 13.1 miles in a 70.3 and it literally is just mind-blowing I just I can't even fathom um, fathom it so much respect for them and congrats to Sam Long as well Uh, We had a lot of our team, too, podium and and just crush it on the day. So big congrats to everybody there. And, you know, while we were talking about Ironman Brazil, we can't ignore the fact that our own Andre Lopez was on the podium as well. He had a great race there. Uh, So many exciting races. And here we go into next week. We're looking to Coeur d'Alene. Uh, That's always such a big race to watch. So we will have our tracker set for everybody on our team, as well as I believe our own Justin Messler will be racing that as well. So, uh, looking forward to to seeing how everybody does and, and big cheers for everybody. But before we close out, uh, I want to get to our mindset minute and just go back and, and unpack what Alex was referencing. And it was that, you know, during her time when she was living in her full Ironman block last year, doing all those Iron full distance Ironmans she couldn't compare right she was developing at a different speed she couldn't look at maybe other pros who had started the same time of her who maybe had had quicker success or you know whatever it is and the same applies to us as athletes i mean obviously for so many of us i know sitting here as a middle-aged age grouper I can't look and compare myself to these top pro women times, right? But I can use it to remind myself that, you know, there's so much farther I could go. I really need to continue to expect more of myself. It's so fun, you know, even just competing there in Hawaii to see the women that won in my age group and to see what their times were and to say, you know what, that's possible for me. If I keep putting in the work, I keep showing up you know, that is my own age group. There's nothing limiting me. I'm gonna keep my head down and I'm gonna keep working on my own growth. And, um, you know, the satisfaction is there. So don't compare, just use others to inspire. And that's what this is all about, to be chasing the best version of ourselves. So happy training, everybody. Get out there. Enjoy the week. Set your trackers for next weekend. It's a big racing weekend. And I am really looking forward to some of the other guests I have lined up. So stay tuned. Well, thanks for joining us today on our Waterfall Racing Podcast. Hopefully there were some good takeaways for you and hopefully it gave you a little bit more insight into who we are. If you would like to find out more or join our community, go to waterfallracing.com. You can find us on Instagram as well. If you have a mailbag question that you would like us to answer, send me a DM at jmcadams5 on Instagram. We'll be answering some of those questions in future episodes. And remember, when it comes to training, Sometimes it's just about showing up. I love the mantra, anything's better than nothing. Not every session is going to go perfect, but show up. Consistency is always king. Happy training.